Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says the term woke is just used by old people. Joe Biden gets some bad news and Republicans get good news in a new poll. Plus, the media and Democrats continue to spin the Kyle Rittenhouse case. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the term woke, which I can't stand because it has come to represent all the policies and personalities of the radical left. You name it. Safe spaces, white privilege, defund the police, BLM, critical race theory, the 1619 Project, racist babies, equity, and on and on and on all fall under the umbrella of woke. Now, officially, if you look it up, Merriam-Webster defines it as aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of race and social justice. A simple Google search will reveal tons of woke merchandise. You can get your Coca-Cola-themed Stay Woke shirt, or you can get the more militant version. Don't like that? You can get the Star Wars version. How about for kids? Yep. There is woke attire for them too. There are tons of products out there. I even found a company that hosts a woke shop. Yep, the woke shop is described as a self-affirming healing space where people can have courageous conversations on isms, racism, sexism, and more. But here's the thing. People are burned out by all this wokeness. Longtime Democrat strategist James Carville blamed election losses on the left wing's radical embrace of all things woke. What's wrong is just stupid wokeness. All right, you just, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island, look at Buffalo, look at Minneapolis, even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. I love it. And Carville is right. Even many Democrats are not the AOC, Ilhan Omar brand of radical. And these extreme policies turn off voters. However, people like AOC just don't get it. Here was her reason why the elections didn't go so well. Plus, on the election front, I actually think we have good news as well. I know that Virginia was a huge bummer. And honestly, if anything, I think that the results show the limits of trying to run a fully 100% super moderated campaign that does not excite, speak to, or energize a progressive base. And frankly, we weren't even really invited to contribute on that race. Yep, the McAuliffe campaign in Virginia was just not woke enough for AOC. And regarding James Carville, she tweeted this. One dangerous aspect of thinking there's a woke problem is that dim chances for re-election or majorities in House, Senate, and White House rely on the racial justice issue of voting rights. Dems distancing from racial justice makes protection of voting rights less likely, ensuring losses. In addition, AOC moved to distance herself from the actual term. Even though it is used everywhere and appears everywhere, as I showed earlier, AOC is now spinning 
that woke is not really used by the woke. How can news outlets even attribute words to me I didn't say? I said there are limits to trying to mobilize a campaign with a 100% moderate strategy without mobilizing the base. Said nothing about wokeness, which is a term almost exclusively used by older people these days, by the way. She didn't stop there either. She doubled down by saying that woke is a term that has been taken over by the right. Woke is a term pundits are now using as a derogatory euphemism for civil rights and justice. Making up a woke problem results in putting civil and voting rights on the back burner. In a year state legislatures are planning out GOP majorities and voter suppression, that's dangerous. Derogatory euphemism. I just love that one. Think about that one for a second. This strategy is actually catching on. The left has realized that people are turned off by woke policies, but rather than getting rid of the policies, the left is just getting rid of the word. The New York Times has a story saying that Republicans want to recast wokeness as progressive politics run amok. The Guardian has a story about how the word woke was weaponized by the right. The Washington Post wrote that the word woke is now just an empty all-purpose insult hurled by conservatives, propagandists, anti-vaccine fabulous, and lazy journalists. That's the left in action. They'll keep the radical policies like defund the police, but they won't call it woke anymore. It's just classic. All right, next let's talk about the latest good news for Republicans. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, there's a new poll out that spells bad news for Joe Biden and great news for Republicans in general. This latest poll conducted by ABC News and the Washington Post shows a GOP lead not seen in decades. Here's the story. Democrats and independents are becoming more and more disenchanted by President Joe Biden and his administration as approval of the president reached a new low in the Washington Post ABC News poll. Strikingly, Biden is 12 points underwater on job approval, 53% disapprove, just 41% approve, which is roughly equal to the 10-point edge Republicans now have on Democrats among registered voters on a generic congressional midterm ballot. If the election was held today, 51% of registered voters prefer a GOP-held Congress compared to just 41% for a Democrat-held Congress, according to the poll. As noted in the poll, this is the largest lead Republican candidates have held in midterm election voter approval in 40 years. That is huge. Of course, a lot can happen between now and November 2022. Here's more. While a year is a lifeline in politics, the Democrat Party's difficulties are deep. They include soaring economic discontent, a president who's fallen 12 percentage points underwater in job approval, and a broad sense that the party is out of touch with the concerns of most Americans. 62% say so, ABC pollsters reported. Biden's sinking approval ratings, along with the alarm bells ringing in this month's gubernatorial elections in Virginia and New Jersey, are contributing to the red swing. 44% of U.S. adults strongly disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing, including 80% Republicans and 45% of independents. Some other interesting numbers coming from the poll is the fact that disapproval of Biden among Democrats is over five times higher 
than it was in June. Democrats who strongly approve of Biden has dropped 30 points. As I said, there's a lot that can change in the next year, and that is why it is so important for us to focus on issues and show the American people that the policies of the radical left, whether they call him woke or not, are not in line with the concerns and needs of the American people. If we stay on message, we can win. All right, next let's talk briefly about Kyle Rittenhouse and his case because closing arguments are scheduled to begin this week. And I just want to show you an exchange that occurred on CNN between host Jake Tapper and Democrat Representative Karen Bass, because it shows two things. The first is that an effort to push racial division and stoke anger and distrust, those on the left have no regard for real, actual facts. And two, legacy media outlets like CNN have thrown away any pretense of conducting actual journalism. Check out this exchange. Kyle Rittenhouse is a white man who's accused of shooting and uh, uh, three other white men and, and killing two right. of them. Uh, explain how you think there's a racial dimension to this well, case. Well, be because remember now, where were those white men that were killed? They were at a protest, protesting in solidarity for black folks. So to me, it was reminiscent of the civil rights movement when you had young white people that participated in the sit-ins and the protests and they were subject to beatings, they were subjects to shootings, many of them were killed as well. Okay, let's start by saying that that comparison makes no sense. These people who were shot were not participating in a sit-in. No one went up to them and beat them and targeted them for shooting. They were chasing Kyle Rittenhouse. They were going after him. But that's not even the worst part of what she said. If she wants to compare what happened to some episodes during the civil rights movement, then go for it. I disagree. But if she wants to engage in hyperbole or really stretch to paint her own narrative, fine. But she's not entitled to just make up facts. And that's exactly what she did. Here you have a 17-year-old boy who was driven by his mother across state lines with an automatic weapon. Frankly, she should have been detained for child endangerment to go to a protest where he says he's going to help the police. I mean, it was ridiculous. He walks across with his automatic weapon, and the police just look at him. Oh my gosh, where do you even start? How many flat-out lies can someone tell in one statement? Rittenhouse did not cross state lines with a weapon. She was wrong on that one. And Rittenhouse didn't possess an automatic weapon. She's wrong on that one. And did Jake Tapper once push back or make a correction or even react to these blatantly false statements? No, he just stared off into space. Here you have a 17-year-old boy who was driven by his mother across state lines with an automatic weapon. Frankly, she should have been detained for child endangerment. Unreal. But that's journalism today. And you have to believe that this Democrat rep has to know the facts. And yet in front of the American people, well, the diminishing audience that CNN still has, she just says things that are incorrect and Tapper just lets it go. All right. Next, the White House is running damage control for Kamala Harris after a CNN story broke over the weekend that cites three dozen sources claiming there is massive disarray between the Biden team and Team Harris. The exasperation runs both ways, the report stated. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined. The vice president herself has told several confidants she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically. Ms. Harris just returned from a five-day visit to France, a trip that was partly intended to boost her profile. 
A poll last week showed her approval rating at 28%, a historic low for a vice president at this point in the first year in office. So there's disarray, and we've been hearing this even before the CNN story. However, this one really rallied the troops because on Sunday night, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, she tweeted this. For anyone who needs to hear it, Kamala Harris is not only a vital partner to Joe Biden, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country, from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. Saki wasn't alone in the sudden Kamala Harris love fest. Simone Sanders, who's the chief spokesperson for Harris, she tweeted this one. Let me reiterate. It is unfortunate that after a productive trip to France in which we reaffirmed our relationship with America's oldest ally and demonstrated U.S. leadership on the world stage and following passage of a historic bipartisan infrastructure bill that will create jobs and strengthen our communities, some in the media are focused on gossip not on the results that the president and vice president have delivered. And it goes on. Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh tweeted that she was honored to work with Harris every single day. Rachel Palermo, who serves as assistant press secretary, said she's proud to be on Team Harris. What these folks can't escape is the fact while Joe Biden sits at 38% approval rating, Kamala Harris sits at 28%, the worst rating for a vice president at this point in office, the worst. So the staff can spin all they want, but with Biden and Harris sitting at 38 and 28%, it's gonna take a lot more than some cheerful tweets to turn things around. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Wednesday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.